Just two podcast boys doing the best we can at venturing four hours away. Fellow travelers, welcome to NEA. What's up, Ned? You even rhymed it at the end, man. That was Dude, good. The whole thing, baby. The oh, whole thing. Man. I was in rock bands growing I'm, up. I'm not typically a, a super huge fan of the Russell Sing time, but I, oh. I appreciated that one. That was a good one. I can't believe you just said that. Well, this episode is going to be full of it. I got some music references. It may not be full of it, but we'll see. That's good. Well, I got some video game references in this one because we are kicking off this week, season two, episode 16, Guardians of Sunshine. Man, champions of the sun. Ah! (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) A little Led Zeppelin. Like, ha ha. Oh, do you not know that? Dude, that's, uh, oh gosh, always sunny. The oh wait, no. man! Uh, oh, you win. So yes. I, I heard, I heard Led Zeppelin, but you were going always sunny. It's, it's le- similar. It is similar. Of the night, man. Yes, uh-huh. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, because they're the champions of the sun. You know, they they're they're <laughs> guardians of the sunshine, and it's so funny because the bad guys they just they just want to get sunshine. They, it's not yeah. even about like they're not going to steal the sun. They just want to get out in the they sun. Just want to get, well, you don't know that. I mean, like from the game and even when Finn and Jake were like inside the game, they were not very clear necessarily about their like full intentions of, it's true. you know, like why are we defending the sun? Yeah, no, no one told us. I don't know if any of the BMO games have any instructions, to be honest, though. I haven't seen any instruction manuals laying about yeah. in their, in their treehouse. but yeah. Well, the first one we got was conversation parade, which, which was, was oh, like a great one. I'm sure Finn and Jake lost conversation parade because there was no instructions on how to have a conversation with BMO. Also, you know, for what it's worth, not exactly the best video game ever conversation parade, but I love it because it's like just a great BMO moment more than yeah, anything. It, it really, I mean, this episode in general, I was going to say this opens up. I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, this is the most dialogue we've had from BMO easily. Like through the show so far. It is, it is definitely up there and you get to see this. I mean, you get to see the sass. It's no wonder, Ned. Dude, BMO is my lovely. Give give me some sugar, baby. Yeah. He's so great. BMO. And I, and I called this one because BMO's has been my lovely before. And I was going to call this one OP BMO because we get some OP BMO in this one, like hardcore and like, there's lots of episodes where, where Bimo's uh, the sweet lovely because he's in the background. And this one is like, because it's, it's a Bimo forward episode. I'm like, oh man. And Bimo is like, I just, I've got so many things to talk about Bimo this episode. It's he's, insane. He's sassy as hell. Sassy, sassy as hell, man. I would say the, the first thing I had to say about Bimo was that we do get to see that like, he and and I will preface this for our listeners. Bimo is gender neutral. We just refer to Bimo as he in terms of just what's easy and consistent. So no hate on the podcast because we totally understand that. Um, but that we're gonna keep it, we're just gonna keep it consistent at this point. Yeah, um, I mean honestly, but, I I may go all over the place. Who who knows? But for 
yeah. whatever reason, I'm just, I thought it was a dude until you had actually said in a previous episode that he is gender neutral. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And hopefully that's not offending anyone. We yeah. certainly don't well, mean to. Well, an Adventure Time never gave BMO an official pronoun like ever. As Finn yeah. and Jake have used he and she interchangeably, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So like, our, we're just going to keep it consistent, but let the, well, let the record BMO. stay. We love BMO. BMO is gender neutral. And we're going to say he as a pronoun to keep it consistent and easy cool. flowing. But he actually has some cool games in in his system. Like, Well, apparently this was pretty cool. This is like Mario meets Sonic. It's like a 2D platformer and you kind of get 3D elements once they get inside of them. Inside yeah. the uh, main brain game frame. <laughs> <laughs> main main brain game frame. Oh, man. Do you have a good BMO impression? Can you do? I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, oh man. I don't know. It's, it is voiced by a Korean actress. Okay. Um, who actually, I don't have one. They, they, I did. I think they even talked about it in Conversation Parade that because it's voiced by somebody who is truly Korean and they gave her um, actual like English lines that a lot of the funny things that BMO says and pronunciates is is actual like human error. It's like her not really knowing how to like read or inflect English lines, which which adds so much more of a dynamic aspect to the character, I think. Yeah, that's kind of organic. I, I kind of like that. I, I, lo- I love it. I really do love it because it adds that whole like a little bit more just like... I don't know, sweet nature and innocent nature to be mm-hmm. mom in a little bit. I don't know. I don't know if that's a bad thing to say, no, but it's I, true. I think I totally agree. I think there is something to be said about like how genuine uh, the way that the actor delivers the lines, you know, it seems, it seems like there was a lot of love put into BMO. Yeah. And that's yeah. part of the reason why I like BMO as much as I do. Yeah. And, and I would, I would assume, and this is why, you know, I'd love to have one of the, voice actors or writers on the show that they probably had BMO in there through season one and and through the beginning of season two and may not have thought of of BMO becoming as big as BMO did, like in terms of an iconic character of the show. And this is where you start to see that like, yeah, that, that they are like, especially, you know, I've told you in the past and for our listeners out there that I love a good Finn and Jake in the Treehouse episode. We're not going to different kingdoms. We're not battling wizards. I really appreciate those down-to-earth little episodes where it's like, this is what they do when they're like, you know, messing around, playing feather pranks on BMO in the middle of the night episodes, you know? <laughs> uh, I'm just glad they didn't put his hand in water too, you know? Like, they, they did enough to BMO by... <laughs> BMO would have gotten shocked himself. to death, like, like in the yeah. water, hand in the water. <laughs> Maybe so. We haven't seen that happen yet. I mean, we don't know the limitations, or at least I don't know the limitations of the BMO. Yeah, and, I, and I, I know. I know a few. I know a few more of the limitations. Like, yeah, water is a, a negative side effect uh, aspect of BMO, but not not to like an extreme degree. How did he not die this episode? Like, BMO has a straight up. He gives birth out of his ear yeah. to massive monsters. Yeah, I. You know, when, when Jake glitches, he glitches the, the what is it? Jeez, I just said it. Main brain game frame. And he he pulls out the bomb the bomba. I said the bomb The sex bomb The sex bomb He pulls out the sex bomb and they escape through it or he gets sucked back, back out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and you see Bimo shaking. You see like him trembling. He's clearly in agony. And I... 
I just felt for him. I really did feel for. Yeah. I don't know, man. I love Bebo. I'm sorry. I love Bebo. Yeah, I, I, I mean, a little bit of the thing that bugged me. I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't think Finn and Jake have the credentials to repair Bemo after the Honey Bunny and Sleepy Sam and um, freaking Bouncy Bee. Like, come, like Honey Bunny is huge in this episode. Like, yeah, that's a massive and creature, and it comes out of like little Bemo. And I was like, how in the world? And, oh, you you got Honey Bunny's most punchable? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm cutting you off a little bit, but he is the most punchable for sure. Um, I'd have to disagree. I I do. I do. Something rubs me the wrong way about Sleepy Sam. Ooh, okay. Well, can I tell you why Honey Bunny's my punchable? Yeah, give 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 me a little bit more depth behind that one. Okay, well, it's it's fair to say, I think... Anyone who knows me, you know me pretty well. Though, for what it's worth, you've never given me this gift. I think I, I dabble in honey. You know, like I love me some some local honeys. I literally put honey on anything and everything I can uh, get away with. Okay. And um, I'm appalled by the depiction of what I would consider to be the nectar of the gods in this episode. <laughs> Because it looks um, more like looks, melting earwax. Like, it looks so gross. It does it looks look so gross. gross. It reminds me of the new that new Pokemon. Uh, I think it's a poison dragon type that they introduced to one of the recent uh, generations. And actually, this new Pokemon game that just came out. I'm playing it a ton, by the way. It's amazing. We can talk mm. about it more later in the podcast. It's, it's made me want to buy a Switch. It's made dude, me want to buy looks, a Switch. I know. It's the game we always wanted as kids. I know. Anyways. I know. Um, yeah. He just... I think that that Pokemon's name is Gudra. It's just gross, man. I just, I just am not about a Honey Bunny in this episode. Um, before you talk about Sleepy Sam, I will say Bouncy Bee, a, a little lazy with that name. All the other names are great. All the yeah. other weird, well, the and, and oddly, the weirdest, like I would think a bee covered in spikes would possibly be easier to beat. Or excuse me, harder to beat than a, a bunny or a frog, but in the video game, it's just like a sweet, a, a swift ninja kick, you know. Well, in the, in the so video like, That's, game, it is. Yeah, but not when they're in it, they they cut to that awesome green Adventure Time uh, title card, and then they come back, and it's <laughs> and then just Finn's, Finn's getting, getting drilled stabbed. in the heart, like <laughs> you know. And Either. I was like, it, it's a little savage, but. I, yeah, I think I'm thinking use, use drill run, <laughs> <laughs> use 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 um a buzz drill. Yeah, buzz drill. I'm trying to think of a Pokemon. What a yeah. A I think it was move a, would be. a drill pack. Drill pack. Uh, maybe so. Actually, I think you might be onto something. It's one of those two. Well, I have two for Sleepy Sam when they fight Sleepy Sam in real life. I have written down the uh, Pokemon sequence for that, which, mm-hmm. in my opinion, Sleepy Sam is just like the Monty Python rabbit. He's like deceivingly dangerous, you know? Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they might've had a little bit of like good influence about now, now sleepy Sam, I would say, you know, is a little bit more punchable to me when he kind of gets outside and he's just more of like the, the sweet talker of the group. And, mm-hmm. and then he's like, he's the most powerful and he's the sweet talker. But I thought it was so creepy in the video game when they get to like his final lair and he's just staring at the wall. And they have to like sneak, and it's it's pretty creepy, man. It's pretty creepy, dude. He turns around and I have a uh, Sleepy Sam use Screech, which yep. sh- sharply lowers the defense of Finn and Jake. And then Sleepy Sam used Yoshi Tongue, which is a made up Pokemon move for this. And Sleepy Sam used Poop, 
and um, <laughs> use boot. <laughs> I would I would say if we're talking about tops of the episode, the sleepy yep. Sam like little like like he poops poops just little. a little like one one shard of like like I don't know a lot, white line a out of his butt. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I, that was my Yoshi top egg. of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm like a, but that. better than a Yoshi egg. <laughs> this is just better like, than a Yoshi egg. <laughs> what, it's, it's an eight bit. It's like four lines of eight bit, and it's just like, oh my gosh. Well, I don't. Um, I don't think it's better. I think my my tops is the eight uh, bit music that's happening throughout this entire episode. Yeah, they do it well, and they said, man, I got some, in in getting into some of my factoids. It was just the fact that they used so many references from old video games and i really felt like the the writers got to flex their love of video games and they've kind of gotten to flex some like love of like dungeons and dragons lord of the rings and in this one we actually see a lot of the sound effects come from the old mega man game which is really cool really um, and no i didn't way. know that until i did some research and i think some of kind of like the movement sound effects are from Mega Man games. Um, we see Finn's when they're doing their song. His little uh, his Finn's eyes start going back and forth, and his eyes are playing pong with his like mouth. What um, I didn't know that. Oh, it's it's such a hard catch when they're singing the song. Everybody go back and watch, and like Finn's eyes start going up and down, and they're playing pong with his mouth. Uh, we get a snake reference when Jake does the stretch across the canyon and kind of like mm -hmm. snakes. Definitely does. Um, yeah. We get Tron a little bit just because they're sucked into a video game. I'm constantly, yeah. In my yeah. notes, I have Tron all over the place. And I <laughs> Tron is everywhere. Like, people are gonna, people are gonna hate me. I can't. I think I used a Tron reference on another episode, but this one's better. They got Troned. They straight up yeah. got Troned in this episode. And then, and then the last one, I, the the Bomba is just kind of very Super Mario esque, you know. Oh um, man! So it's, it's like, all aspects of video game. I'm like, honey bunny, you know I got the Bomba. <laughs> you know I got the bomb. Don't you ever learn? I've always got the bomba. I think oh, that's man. what Finn says. Man, that's well, so good though. When they when they get well, okay, well, let's let's rewind a little bit. Yeah, I guess. we can re we, we're all over the place because again, we're just getting this is fifteen it's minutes so of good. just straight emotion of honestly, we just like this episode. It's it's all good stuff to talk about, it's all good stuff to like process and digest. Yeah, I, I totally agree, man. Well, First things first, they play the game, you know, the 2D scroller on BMO mm -hmm. and the, the combo move fails. You know, he tries to use the combo move on Sleepy Sam. Sleepy Sam, uh, Sleepy Sam ain't happening, it, man. The S's and my microphone, Michael, DJ, Cowboy, uh, Sleepy Sam. Yeah, he's going to hate this episode. Good grief. <laughs> um, anyways, so they tried to use the combo move on Sleepy Sam and the thing that popped in my mind was the Scholastic Books uh, Book Club from like elementary school. Did you ever do that in, a, in Augusta? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we definitely, no, book fairs, the Scholastic was Book Fairs. Was it a book fair? Yes. Yeah. Book fair. That's right. Yeah, man. I was like, I was thinking back to that. And I'm like, what did I buy? And, and why is it reminding me of that? And it's reminding me because I literally just used that time to buy cheat code books mm -hmm. or back in the day when you couldn't look things up on the internet, nobody knew how the, like, for, especially for, like, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, I think is what I mostly use those cheat code books for on the N64. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the other thing was Captain Underpants. About a lot of Captain Underpants books. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm trying to remember what I, I always, I was always, like, the kid that wanted to buy the Guinness World Record book, but 
it you just was always look the it one. And put it back. Yeah, it was always the one. It was like fifty dollars every year, but it was and it was it was just like, oh man, they appealed to kids so they was they were always shiny. There was Dude, always some guy with. Man. What happened? What happened? Like kids these days, uh, they don't even know how cool it seemed like the Guinness Book of World Records was back I mean, in like the early 2000s. They, if they even can conceive that, because I know they still have physical copies out there. They still sell them at the local, yeah, but you no know, like. Cares. There's no, no one cares. There's no cares. It's because, and maybe, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, if you are under the age of like 11 and listening to this podcast, which yeah, like, I'm not, you know. Bless your heart if you are. <laughs> but, yeah. but if you are having a scholastic book fair, like, can you invite me and Russell? Because I would just love to relive no, that no. nostalgia. No, 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 no. Backtrack <laughs> that. We're not doing that. That's not yeah. okay. That's Can't, not okay. I just, I, just wanna, I just want that as part of my life again, man. Uh, well, you know, I don't know. We're not doing that. You know what? <laughs> okay. Here's what they can do. They can, they can email us at nea.travelerslog.com at gmail.com and tell us about their and also anyone. Yeah. With your parents' permission, even if you're of age with your parents' permission, you can email (laughs) us and tell us your favorite experience from the classic book uh, fair or or post it on social media, man. I will respond on social media so much faster, Um, but I would love to share them on the podcast. That'd be really fun. Yeah. That's, I don't even know how we, I mean, we don't tangent on this podcast, but we just got into like great scholastic book fairs here. Don't know what you're talking about, my dude, but I don't know. Anyways, it's time for bed and they got these creepy faces because they find out that BMO to, in order to get in the game, because BMO's like, oh, it's dangerous. Don't get in there. You know, whatever. Yeah. Like, they, BMO they, has to touch the button. They realize that BMO has this stupidly, I think, overpowered power oh, that they amazing. never knew about. And they're like, how do we get BMO to abuse this power? Could you imagine if you had like an NC or uh, the old game, uh, Game Boy color, you know, and then all of a sudden you realize like two years later, you can remove a little piece of the like D pad or whatever. And then like, and get there's another button into there Pokemon Yellow. I, yeah. It'd be crazy. You could be trod. They could be trod. You, you could be trod. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, man. I, um, well I, I'm going to lead this in before we take a breather. To my first, theoretically speaking, theoretically speaking, I don't really have any deep lessons. I'm not going to really get deep into like, as you know, you know me, I get into deep lessons on this one. I have just an insane amount of potentially theoretically speakings in this episode. Um, I love that. I love that. And it, cause, cause my mind was running rampant with how much craziness was going on in this episode that the first one, and this is the weakest one and the, the least amount of fun is that because, like you mentioned, they went to bed and they came back to wake BMO up, was that, was this all a dream? Um, Because this is the first Adventure Time episode where we do see different animations, the first time that there's a 3D animation in Adventure Time. So they kind of, I don't know, it could be theoretically speaking that they did that on purpose to kind of point to the fact that this is all made up. Um, well, that's my theory because we don't. I like that. And, and, and you bat that up with any other episodes in the future where 3D animation meant they were dreaming? There, There's just 3D animation and there's other anime. There's some actually weirdly animated episodes down the road, like the Caterpillar episode for my fans out there. It is my least, I skip it every time. It's so bad. And so I, I'm not always a fan of, some of the weird animation episodes. 
Now, I do have some supporting ideas why this would be a dream is that one, this never happens again. Two, Finn's combo works outside the game. Like mm, it's mm-hmm. in the real world and mm, the, interesting, the combo Ned. works outside the game. Bemo's combo works outside the game. So it's not just even Finn. It's it's like I can see it even if and are you getting am I getting on to your topics of conversation yeah, you here? You might be getting on my theoretically speaking. Yeah, well, like I said, this is all my like my theoretically speaking is if and this is like one of three of them I have is that it's just not real. And it's because Good. Finn's combo like works. That. Now, if if it was real, they could be affected by the combo because they are in essence still part of the game, as part of the code, part of the software. Now, the the extra step beyond that, why I think it could still work, is that BMO's combo works on Finn and Jake at the end. Like, BMO does a little BMO combo. Mm-hmm. And then the last part of why this may not be uh, reality is that how, like, like kind of what you brought up at the beginning of the episode, is that BMO got wrecked. BMO got, like, destroyed. Like, how would BMO got fixed in for our spoiler drop of the episode spoiler drop bemo doesn't know his origin story yet and there's a place that bemo could go to get fixed but bemo doesn't know about that yet hmm okay cool so a little spoiler drop not a big one but that's no no no. i like that i mean i guess at this point you just kind of assume every major character has an origin story and we will there are so many seasons we'll get into them eventually right probably oh yeah Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get deeper into like Bemo. Well, I mean, way stupid deeper into Bemo story. Yeah. Well, did you know? So actually, it's kind of funny you bring up the combo move because it actually does work in real life, and I can do it. <laughs> I I'm telling you, man. Watch, just watch me. Ready? I, mine's so powerful it makes this go straight to commercial. Ready? Up, down, left, left, right, right, down, spin, down, up, left, right, left, down, spin, up, down, jump. Are you a computer that's loaded up with a bunch of fun video games? Do you also have a Napoleon complex and tendencies for societal mass incarcerations? Then get on down to the computer kingdom today and get yourself one of the newest, latest, and greatest softwares, the Digital Shawshank 9000. This little upgrade will ensure that you can take your biggest enemies, your pesky neighbors, or just any of those random forest animals walking around and you can make them your prisoners for life in your digital prison. And that will make you feel like you are the computer that you were always born to be. So get on down to the computer kingdom and get your upgrade today. Ned, our new lead-in, I can't. (laughs) I can't with that. Ned sings because we don't have Michael feeding us our little uh, lead-back-end song from the commercials. Ned is singing. Nah, 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 nah. It sounds like Peter Griffin when he's like <laughs> excited. <laughs> oh man. Well, I, w- I wanted to talk about first thing, you know, we get, we're back into the episode, man. Welcome back fellow travelers. And the first thing I notice is when they become, they get sucked into BMO and the animation strikes me as a music video from the eighties. What music really? video you may wonder Dire Straits, Money for Nothing. Uh, it's just, dude, it's go back and check out Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. I need also, to do that. yeah. Incredible song. At one of the hypest, like guitar, opening guitar riffs in music, in my opinion. 
Um, and also a good, good drum riff, but it's really all about that initial guitar chord. Um, but the animation, it just feels, it's kind of clunky. It's kind of, it's 3d, but it's like certainly not like modern 3d by any means. Yeah. It's like, it's either eight or 16 bit 3d type, you know, animation. Yeah, I, it just reminded me of that music video so much for some reason. Or I guess, well, I guess what, the, the first 3D animation was 64 bit, right? Um, because that was I like the, so with Nintendo 64. 64 was a 64 bit, and that's why it was three dimensional. There, there may have been something else that was trying to do uh, 3D maybe, before that maybe somewhere. Doom. Maybe Doom. Doom was one of the first big 3D games. Yeah, man, I really, I really don't know. I know Super Mario sixty four was a big one early on, but there might be something on Sega or Dreamcast or whatever. I, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, thirty two um, bit, early, dude, early three D. Yeah. Also, the the video game wars from back in the day is so fascinating. I've listened to so many like documentaries and stuff about like Nintendo versus like Sega, versus like it's, Sega, yeah, and versus PlayStation, Microsoft. Like it, it's really fascinating, but. Anyways, and the best one. So, <laughs> sorry about that. So, so what is so what is Bima? Is, is Beam is Bimo a Sega? Yeah. Is Bimo a, a Nintendo? What's what's I think he's a Nintendo. Bimo's Nintendo. I can he's see like that. GameCube. I, I see him as like a, a GameCube that like has the um, Game Boy qualities of the screen on it. You know, I don't know. Yeah, but, like a like a GameCube. If you built a screen in a in a GameCube. Yeah, certainly. I, yeah. I would say. The, my quick shout out, and actually it could be more of an NES. You might be more like old school, but uh, quick shout out to um, the Super Smash Bros. documentary on YouTube. It is the most ridiculous and amazing thing ever. Way too long, but it's it's great. It's just like a bunch <laughs> of kids thriving in the Smash scene from like the the GameCube middle it is. Anyways, back to this episode, Ned. We don't tangent. Um, no, no tangents. Man... It's it's just great. And one of the first things we get from Finn is I'm looking at my bits. My leg is math because Jake's like, what are you what are you doing? What What's this guy doing over here? And we see his leg is just binary code. Like you were saying earlier in this episode, like it's just ones and zeros. I know. You, said the, you had something dude, about that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I didn't even pick up on there is like a little highlighted segment of code. And when he pulls up his leg and it actually in binary reads Finn's leg is the first line of binary code. Like actual binary code says Finn's leg. Finn's leg. Oh, yes. Man. And then the other lines read, hello world. Hello world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's all it that's says. And be... I was like, that's I was like, that's so incredible. Like they even snuck that in. Again, why in the heck are we doing this podcast? Is because the writers sneak shit in like that. And it's so we are good. Overanalyzing a kid show and a lot of people by that, a couple of people on social media have told us quit overanalyzing get shows and i said no, no. i said nay it's because this is what we're doing. if you didn't overanalyze you wouldn't realize that the writers wrote binary code into this episode to like make they, a funny joke you know they did it because they were passionate about the the exactly. project that because exactly. they loved it and they they wanted people to love it as much as they did probably you know i i could only imagine but talking about the binary code that we see in Finn's leg actually gets into my theoretically speaking. Oh, hit me baby. Yeah, so man, don't call me baby. Come on. Man. I love calling Call me baby. hot stuff. At least, call me hot, you know. I'll say yeah, hit, wine, hit me with it hot stuff. Wine and dine me before you start calling me baby. <laughs> um anyways, sorry. Um so anyways, 
After being troned into and glitching out of BMO, Finn and Jake are now made up of binary code. I think it I think it sticks with them after because we see it with them when they're in in BMO it, initially. Oh, but I they think, can do their combo moves. Yeah, well, I think they're still binary code outside of BMO because they glitched out and therefore they can be killed by combo moves, as you just said, mm-hmm. and found out or as we found out in five episodes ago with the Ice King, uh, he knows the deadly pressure points to subdue Gunther. Or Gunter, I think BMO now knows a special combo to kill Finn and Jake. And so wow. now there's like a weird dynamic with that. I don't know if there's ever in future episodes something to be said about that dynamic, but I just think it's interesting that like BMO and Ice King both have um, ways to subdue, um, you know, two very powerful beings and and yeah the, it's it's three, like you're saying rather. like um, bmo almost like imprinted on finn and jake like binary code so now bmo has this essence where he is like somehow tied in biologically with finn and jake now yeah he, well he's like got control over them now you know yeah. like he could he could do the combo at any point and kill them but when they were doing the combo bmo didn't die that's true. That's true. Just the and back then, well, mate, well, did you did you pick out if Bimo's combo was slightly different? There was a different like left, right, up, or anything. Was there? Or are I you don't just know. saying that? No, it's the I'm same just, combo. I'm saying, it was the same combo. Okay, I'm pretty positive it's the same combo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I I just thought it was really fascinating. I was like, man, I, like, what if Bimo did that intentionally? What if he's Light Yagami and he like death noted them and had this all planned out from the beginning. Oh no, don't touch this button. Don't become binary code. Don't, yeah. don't go after the bomba and don't break out, them. you know, like, yeah. and he's, he's like, Oh, y- y'all can't handle it. Like you can't say that to Finn. Of course he's going to go after it. You know, like, yeah. Bimo, what are you doing? You know, that you live with the dude. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Well, well that brings, I mean that, that introduces when you said like Finn can do it, you know, Finn, Finn is ultimate adventurer. We've talked about that several times that Finn is the ultimate that he's like super overpowered in this world of Ooh. He somehow always has a way to defeat villains always. and uh, like, like four dimensional bubble time risk. Exactly. Freaking come on. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, and so one of my crazy things about this episode is we, we really see Finn humbled when he gets into the video game is that, um, well, one he's, he's humbled when he's playing it, you know, he, he knows these little simple moves. He gets the bomb, but he does the ninja kick and it, he really struggles when he gets to like the combo move. And then when Finn enters into the real world again and he's a real boy, he has no problem executing the the combo move as an mm-hmm. adventurer. And this isn't necessarily a theoretically speaking, but I wanted to point out that it's almost like the opposite of our culture today that we have so many people that are so good at, you know, playing ninja games, playing Ghost of Tsushima, and they are like the ultimate best samurai. And so many people playing Call of Duty and they're like insane snipers that those skills don't translate into the real world, you know? But it's almost the flip-flop for Finn, that Finn's adventuring skills we learn once he's pulled into this video game that his adventuring skills do, don't translate into video game world. And I was like, that's incredible wow. that they are really pointing wow. out that he's a way better adventure. He's a way better like main character in the real world than he is in a video game. You know, and I, and I thought that was such a great. cool thing, you know? 
Ned, you get a whole bunch of gamers just kind of like on the edge of their seat going, <laughs> well, just wait till the metaverse takes over and then just our wait. video games goes, will matter, Ned. <laughs> <laughs> just just wait till VR, I'm VR in my Call of Duty every day. Oh, dude, could you imagine? I am, man, VR Pokemon. Uh, I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all know I've beefed with the Pokemon company and uh, and Game Freak and, and Niantic mm-hmm. and all that stuff in the past. I'm just so excited. We could talk about it more after this episode. Let's get back to the episode. Ned, why <laughs> is Jake a masochist? What is why? Why is he all know. about dying and jumping in the fire pits? I oh, don't man. get it. You bring up my Jake mistake of the episode because it was immediately we've got this big canyon, and he he even like exhibited like they got into the video game universe, and he did a little like body worm. Like you can tell he knows how he's going to like manipulate his body even oh, yeah. in this like he's video He's got to figure it out from the get-go. But like why didn't he immediately try to stretch over the canyon? Like he just... That's interesting. He, yeah. He tries to... He just tries the jump. And maybe it was for the love of the game, you know? I'm just trying my... Well, update. in the game, it was a lot shorter. The fire pit here is massive too, you know? So yeah, I guess maybe you need to see, but you should be able to see it, <laughs> you yeah, know? I don't he know. should be able to be like, great. Like if... Like let me try to jump... Or at least like like stretch into a bridge, like I mean, yeah, like easily, dude. Something I don't know. It is a massive fire pit, though. But it's just so funny how Finn, Finn, like immediately. Well, well, Jake recognizes that he has three lives. Finn doesn't see that for some reason. Mm-hmm. Jake notices. Oh, look above us. You know, well, like he the, doesn't. The but he doesn't notice game. that when Finn dies because he thinks Finn is dead forever. Well, I guess he just forgot because <laughs> that's he, what I'm saying. They both had three lives, but. So he goes ahead and uses two of them. And then Finn is like, whoa, sword art online. What if we die in the game? We die in real life sort of a a reference, you know? And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. oh, what? You know, you might be on this something. You're binary code now. You might get deleted by BMO at any point, you know? But yeah, it's that very like inception concept. If we die in the dream, we die in real life. Like, yeah, it is. It is. But I, I dig it, man. And we talked about the the bouncy bee stabbing. That was great. And uh, mm-hmm. Honey Bunny, you know, it's so funny when Jake is just going after the coins. Like, he's a completionist. You know, if anything can be said about Jake is he is a completionist. He's got to get the coins. What happens? Maybe you get a bonus life if you get all the coins. Maybe you get a bonus life. I think Jake is just, he was just like, there's nothing more like precious than a human life. And then he's like, oh, money. Like, yeah, well, he, he's like, we're going to be rich. And I'm like, dude, you have so much. Yeah, we've talked about how much treasure they have. I know. And Ooh. so maybe he's just a hoarder. Like maybe that's a Jake maybe. hoarding like concept. But we well, see that. Oodles, and we, of, oodles of coins in the real oodles world. Oodles of, of real world coins. And we realize that once they leave the video games, those coins are just pennies. Yeah. Which just, I, thought was, I thought was great too. It's just a penny. That was so funny. Oh, man. Oh, man. And, and then and we get to Sleepy Sam. Sam. Yeah. And we, we he's, analyze he's Sleepy Sam. He's powerful. We got the poops and everything when they get out of the video game. But, well, man, I had an, another theoretically speaking. Um, one of them yeah. is very simple and very dismissive because we, we had to talk about it because we talked about fourth dimensions and crystal dimensions at this point. And I was like, is there a possibility that BMO is a portal to another dimension? Like just just a possibility. We don't have to dive deep into that because it's 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 an easy yes or no, and it's not an answer that's actually answered. But I was like, is well, this video game dimension a different dimension? 
Ned, yeah. I've, I've never seen the show before, and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say no. Uh, yeah. And my reason, it's, my reason for that is I just, I don't want it to be. The, yeah. The there's there's too many game. other good answers outside of that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, this this episode has enough going for it, and I don't think it needs any more necessarily. Yeah, well, and then and then I actually I had another point to uh, it, it. More backs up my theory of this being a dream. Is that a fun factoid that I dug up? Is that when when they uh, are tickling Bima with the feather to like get Bima to press the button to let him into the the uh, you know digital universe. That it's a reference to a um, a novel from 1993 called Vert by Jeff Noon, where the characters in that novel lick feathers to become like in this state of like like hallucinogenic euphoria or whatever, and everybody in that novel apparently keeps licking the feathers in order and basically at that point society in reality becomes an ever stagnant form of hallucinogenic euphoria to where that is the new reality and i was like that's kind of a cool concept in terms of like this being so outlandish that they would get sucked into bemo that they kind of reference like hey maybe this isn't actually real just by throwing that little reference in there, you know, maybe not necessarily dream, but more on like the psychosomatic level. That's really fascinating. I mean, really kind of what that touches on or what it sounds like that is about is escapism and the desire to get away from Mm -hmm. your real world issues or, and it may have been kind of brave new world where, you know, someone is like, I gosh, it's been forever since I read that book, but someone is like, the government or whatever is feeding them these like mind numbing pills so that they're not thinking about, you know, they're not asking questions. They're not, you know, causing ruckuses. They're just chilling out and getting wasted all the time. Yeah. You know, and, and life and video games, you know, can be a really great form of escapism. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes that's not good. And you, you know, if you're healthy, you can like sit there and analyze and, and understand the difference between, oh, I'm, I'm overdoing it. I'm neglecting other things, you know? And yeah, I don't know. So, you know, so I, you, this episode, saying... they don't really talk about it, but, but I, I do think it's, it's just a fun thing to talk. I don't know. It's just a Are part you of saying video games. Man. On another level of how this episode could be interpreted is that this was technically maybe Finn and Jake woke at night um, and just started playing the video game again. And technically, it wasn't even a dream. It was just their interpretation of playing the video game as if it was being actually fully them. Sucked in. Yeah. yeah, being fully sucked in and being like immersed like in the video game. Yeah, yeah. like That's like mentally mentally immersed. And they're like, "Well, if we're not playing as a video game character, like, what if we were in the video?" But they're, you know. Well, that's from what's a different video games. You feel like you're that person. You feel like you are mm-hmm. doing that thing, you know. And I think it's that's why it's so addicting. Like freaking, I'm running around catching Pokemon, man. I've always wanted to see like Pokemon and fields and go up and sneak and and Assassin's Creed snipe them with Pokeballs. I was I was going to say that one of the mo- most immersive and like I played two ever immersive video games. One was Assassin's Creed games where you're just like, man, I just I just assassinated that guy from the roof, like. 
And the other yeah. was Kingdom Hearts for me, man, because it was oh, Kingdom Hearts was just so good. I was I was fully immersed in that one. Yeah. Well, dude, I got I think this will throw you for a loop. My lesson for this episode. Okay. I kind of I kind of like it's related to the vi- video games. So this episode kind of gave me a new perspective on gaming in a sense, or, or made me look mm. at gaming in a new perspective from when the uh, NPCs lose and you you win, or sorry, when the NPCs win and you win. lose, when you yeah. die in a video game, so the opposite of that, they, like, maybe it's not all that bad. You know, like, obviously in most video games, you're stopping the big bad guy, but but there are certain video games where maybe the NPCs winning and you dying or losing is for the better. And an example I have of that is dying in Pikmin or Pikmin 2, especially mm-hmm. Pikmin 2, because he's going back to the world of Pikmin in order to like savage or uh, uh, look for, you know, old like Coke bottles and, and bottle caps and cans. And, and I just said like the same thing over and over again. Um, like <laughs> globes, just anything from like, yeah, like, like artifacts of the old world of the old world. Yeah. And then he's taking them back to his world. Omar is, and then they're selling them. And all that's going to do is it's going to entice capitalism. More people are going to go to that planet. They're going to eventually take over like colonialism is going to occur and they're going to wipe out like everything on that planet. So by Omar dying, it stops Omar's people from stripping the Pikmin world of its natural resources long term. Yeah, And so I don't know, just a new thing to think about. Like what happens in this new Pokemon game if I don't connect Pokemon and and like, you, like together. essentially like you're you end up so aligned with a main character for a video game that you do stop thinking so much are they really doing the right thing yeah you i know? mean shoot and then, i don't do the 900 and tony hawk pro skater then maybe no one ever does i, yeah. I don't know that's different i mean <laughs> i mean like well again let's like you know it's it's it leads to that like inherent any video game that has a protagonist that is you know you are the ultimate good, but you know, if, uh, if, I mean, let's, let's, I'm trying to take up a weird example, but like Halo, like what if Master Chief and the human race are not as good as a human race as the Covenant are? And maybe they would make the world a better place. Like, I don't know. Oh, like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, you get Who so knows? ingrained in the ideology of your main character that like once Finn and Jake lose and the NPCs, they win and they're like, we just wanted, we just wanted sunlight. We're not like they just evil. Wanted sunshine. Unfortunately, they wanted to kill BMO too, but they yeah, mostly just wanted. We don't like sunshine. that. Yeah, it was almost so good, and that's why I kind of brought that up because I was like, "Man, they they really just wanted like sunlight. Like they didn't even do anything. They're not going to destroy the sun, you know. Yeah. Like we don't need a, a a day man, you know. Yeah. Well, and that leads me to my my last theoretically speaking of like the seven of them I've had in this episode. So many. Theoretically so speaking, many, this is so abuse. Many good ones. It's abusive. It's, abuse. it's so abusive. And like Michael, I hope we just are abusing that theoretically speaking uh, that sound bit in there. Theoretically speaking, you're being a double butt by doing double this. butt. I know you're being a double butt. Just the like last, the last theoretically speaking is that truly, truly, Bemo is OP, and Bemo has this ability to. You know, it's said that Bemo could only push the button himself and it would suck somebody into his universe, right? It would suck somebody in. So that if Bemo ever comes across, you know, a foe, an enemy, he could 
pop open that like little chest thing of his and suck them in and keep them as a prisoner. And so maybe, you know, maybe in any time before Finn and Jake met Bimo, that be like Bimo was freaking that was his defense mechanism. He comes across anybody that he doesn't know, threatening, and whoosh, sucks him in. And that Man. this is the first instance of somebody in every video game that BMO has inside of him is actually a prisoner from his past. And that's freaking insane. That's that's amazing. And I'll, I'll take that a step further and even more ridiculous. And let's just go ahead and bring Naruto into the mix. <laughs> let's just do it. BMO and Abito, and this is kind of spoilers, I suppose, not that different in names. They kind of rhyme. Mm -hmm. BMO, Abito... Mm -hmm. Abito has the ability to suck in through his eye power people into a new like unit multiverse sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm, you know, I apologize. I'm not super deep into, I'm like, I've said like 340 of Naruto Shippuden or something like that. So I haven't like fully got the oh, full yeah, only 340. explanation. Don't worry. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, when you talk about Naruto Shippuden and uh, the whole Naruto franchise, it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of not that deep into it. But essentially, it's like he he sucks them into his eye into like a, a new multiverse or new dimension sort of a thing. And so I'm just like, I don't know, maybe Bimo's Abito and there's I some mean, crossover truly. happening. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> well, not. like or mirror, mirrored universes. We got mirrored universes from Naruto and like, mm. you know, the I, mirrored. I, I like yours better. Honestly, you're, that's theoretically speaking is my favorite one. Yeah, that's um, that was I was saving again, that man. one. You're being a I was saving butt. that one for last. I was saving that one for like because I had so many like, you know, here's here's the thing. Yeah, multi-universe, yeah, obviously could be a multiverse. Second is a dream world. You know, that's the typical inception, theoretically speaking. They they were all just in a dream the whole time. The third well, was the fact that like maybe they were immersed. And then the fourth was that BMO is actually this like super OP awesome dude, like which I love the most. I, I love that the most as well. But so here's a here's a thought or a theoretically speaking as well. We're just abusing the segment. We're we're never gonna do this many no. again. <laughs> never no, this this is like well, unless it's an episode that says this, I don't know, content heavy, man. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. And also Michael just abuse, abuse, abuse. Abuse anything. the theoretically I better be speaking auto this entire time. Uh <laughs> I want all the edits on this episode, and I know you're listening to this. So, theoretically speaking, um, one day he'll be back on the podcast, y'all. Don't fret. Um, but Allie, as we're watching through this episode or, or talking about it after she watched it, rather, she mentioned that uh, quantum teleportation is something that she mentioned, and mm. I thought that was really fascinating because now Bimo knows who and what they are, Finn and Jake, on a binary level. So, can he cause them to teleport? So quantum teleportation is the fact that we can't teleport, but by breaking uh, someone down to the quantum and like to their quantum information, you can uh, or they can be recreated in a new location. Mm -hmm. um, Very Willy Wonka. Know exact, yeah, it, yes, exactly. And that's what she was mentioning. But you have to know exactly. Um, the directions of how to create that thing or, or that person and how to you reassemble know, so it, is, it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And how, yeah, how to recreate it. So it is very Willy Wonka. And she mentioned that as well. Um, and I just, I was like, that's, that's freaking good. You know, yeah. I, I mean, it goes along with my theoretically speaking, BMO's got and yours as well. He's OP, OP as hell. Yeah. 
He's, he's, yeah, we're getting some like super, like, and then we have some good BMO episodes that were BMO is, is OP. And then other episodes where you're like, BMO, you should know you're more OP than that. Like, you're letting people walk all over you. Like, you just, you sucked a giant honey bunny into you not that long ago. Like, why can't you just do that again? You know? Man, that's good. Use BMO, the Jake, who wins? We need a Smash Bros game, but it's. Oh, BMO versus Jake Smash Bros would be so fun. That'd be a that good would be one. Fun. Yeah, oh, man. Well, well, I have uh, a good. And, favorite. And I, in, in the essence of wrapping up and not being too too over the top. I know you guys love us being over the top, but we won't be too over the top. Just if you're some, about to do least, it theoretically speaking, I'm going to beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming through my computer screen and I'm coming after you, your butt. You're going to send your binary code through my computer screen. Oh, appear in yeah. my room. Never mind. You you won me back. I'm in. What's up? No, no. I was about to say, I just had some fun things. Like, man, this like, aside from his leg, you know, we talked about what his leg actually said. Uh, the Pong stuff, the Mega Man stuff. Just a good Adventure Time one. This is actually the first time in the series that the title card does not include Adventure Time Presents. Um. And that's, I, a, that's, I think that. that's just a good staple. And I had, you know, I had to dig it. That's not one of the things you, you don't study the title cards too much in these in episodes. And I think I mentioned it maybe back in season one that we saw title cards say Adventure Time presents something, something. And it wasn't always that way um, through the show. And this is actually the first time we've gotten to the uh, milestone of them not having to put Adventure Time presents the episode name. And and I think it was because this title card was so unique. Um, cool, dang dude. And and the episode was so again first time they used three D animation and first time they've gotten BMO this many lines and like I don't know if it was just some it's just it feels like a milestone episode, does it not? It it does. Uh, now I don't know if this episode of the podcast feels like a milestone episode of the podcast. We're gonna <laughs> I don't, have people I don't know. either never listen to us again or just love it. We'll, we'll find out, but. It does. It feels like a milestone episode of, to some degree. It's like, in a weird way, it does, yes. Yeah. Well, we, we've for done season so two. much. Yeah, for season two. And, like, I mean, we got to a point in season one, I feel like, where you were like, I wasn't sold on it now, and now I'm I'm a little bit more sold on it. And now I feel like with this episode and just kind of them introducing new animations still it still it still feels like an adventure time episode they still deal with the laws of three i'm going to continue with this whole adventure time laws of three at least for these kind of first couple of seasons that they have the you know the the three villains that they over overtake in the episode it still feels like an adventure time episode but it does it has an aspect of it where i'm like they're going they're going above and beyond at this point and i do feel like Maybe this was a milestone in the show where they were like, this is going to be something more special, you know? Wow. Cool. I don't know. I, I hope so, good. man. I hope yeah, so. Just... Yeah. I'm looking forward to, I think the next episode we're going to do, um, just from the, the preview of it, like I didn't, it's not a video, but just preview image of it on, uh, Hulu. It, man, it looks, it looks creepy. I don't know it's... what that thing is. I think it's called the Lich. Yeah, but oh, we're, we're, about to, we're about to start getting real good, man. Oh, I just got gross chills up my. Oh no, you got the, the you best. Oh, that once the lich comes in, because mm. we've talked about Ice King. Oh man, like the the lich being a true, 
true antagonist to everyone in the show and not yeah. being anything that you can talk about. The lich is good. The, it's the way you interpret it. It's like, this is, we have an ultimate evil that we're fighting against. Yeah. More, more so, so than a uh, bombardier or whatever, uh, Marceline's father's name is. Oh, um, no, dude, he was, he was the one that was like, he's, I mean, what would you call it? The chaotic, it's not chaotic evil. Oh my gosh. Um, he's just, he's not like even evil. He's just chaos. Like, you know, chaotic neutral, like, I don't know, man. He's supposed to be like the devil basically, right? He's like the devil, but then he's not, he doesn't like. He sucks souls because he thinks it's like fun. He has no like ulterior motive of becoming more powerful. You know, no. And future episodes as well. Yeah, in future episodes as well. He's like he's just totally content, like hanging out in the nightosphere, sucking. I'm out here sucking souls of the ants. Like, all right. Well, I gotta go back and rewatch that episode because I actually really enjoyed that one. Yeah, that's well, and oh man, I was I, you, the weird thing is we did that one. We kicked off season two with that, and we haven't seen a lot of Marcy in season two. I know it feels like forever, man. Ah, it's it's I'm literally mad. been like fifteen episodes, like since we've really gone yeah. into like some Marcy Seriously. story. Feels weird. Well, hopefully soon. I wonder if she's connected to the Lich in some way. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm trying to remember. I mean, yeah. To I mean. She is directly, indirectly, direct, like connected to the lich. But we'll get, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there right. in time. Well, let's wrap this up, Ned. Gosh, it's been, it's been a long one. I think it's oh, been deserve. a good long one. Oh man, thank you guys for sticking around. Jeez. Yeah, seriously, thank you. Um, y'all, yeah, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening. We we loved you guys, as as Ned always seems to say I after I say my guys. thing. Yeah, um, that one and. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Um, man, you know, I, I, I don't know. I was trying to think of a call to action this week. I mean, obviously y'all can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. You can email us at nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. And, you know, we'd love to build that YouTube audience. But I think for this episode, if you just listen to this, I'd really love it if you would either you know, tag us in a story or bring a friend to the podcast. Get get a buddy of yours who you know likes Adventure Time and bring him into our community. And whether if we need to start a Discord server or we need to do something, like we will uh, to help build this community. But Instagram's a great place to to have conversations about um, yeah. Adventure Time. I mean, dude, it's like bring someone new in. I literally, we just got a comment from Boy Joseph on tiktok today it said i'm on episode nine of your podcast and you guys are great creators super glad i found you guys like episode mm. nine man we made that almost i mean over a year ago at this point or like oh almost gosh. over a year no Weird. yeah not even a year ago but like be like boy joseph just discover us and i don't know that's maybe a little know. bit well, like yo, they've jerking my own chain us. there yeah but but i just i would just love y'all the to help us build this community and, and bring someone in. And that's my call to action. Enough said about the silly, we need you, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, comment, subscribe, send me Venmo, all that good stuff. <laughs> send um, me Venmo. <laughs> Pay my rent, baby. But yeah, anyways, next week actually will be a special episode since we kind of missed it this this um, halfway through the season this time. And it's, it's going to be Pokemon. Yeah. And I... 
Could not be Don't more happy that. about that. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get it, man. We're gonna get it's after gonna that Pokemon. Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. And it's just one of the best. There's a whole ton. There's like 16 or 17 Pokemon movies out now. And we're probably not going to ever watch all of them on this because de- de- tell you the truth, going to watch all of them. <laughs> I've always seen like six of them, but uh, I really do love the first one and I'm excited to talk about it on the podcast. Yes. Um, yes. Well, Russell, tell them how they can email us their uh, oh, did. experiences. Well, and actually, oh, shoot. I was going to say uh, also email us your Scholastic Books uh, Book Fair stories yeah yeah yeah, be, yeah i really do actually i'm re- actually curious of other people's uh nostalgic scholastic book fair stories i'll repeat it nea.travelerslog at gmail.com i just wanted to reiterate that I, we actually really really would like scholastic book fair stories more than anything <laughs> ned like, is craving them i'm, cra- I'm, uh, I'm craving it. those days man oh i just miss them i just miss that hype oh gosh all right ned i'll say it i'm ready call it a night yeah. Call it a night. Mm. Yeah, party forever. All right. Love to you guys. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Russell. I just wanted to kind of tab the end of this episode. Um, this was a really fun one to record, Ned. And this is our second one recording remotely. And we're excited. Every time we do this, we're going we're gonna to keep... Uh, tweaking things slightly to try and make it sound even better and make it flow a little bit more fluid. But I wanted to talk on this week. I've got a, you know, a medical thing going on and I know a lot of people and, and most people out there, uh, something I discovered through my own illnesses throughout my life is that everybody has something, whether it's them personally or or a relative or a dear friend or whatever. And it can be hard. And I know for this episode, like shoot me and that we're going to record earlier tonight at 6.15 and it just slipped my mind and a lot of things have been doing that and I think it's because of uh, just the anticipation, the anxiety, the unsureness of uh, this time of year for me and this thing that I have going on and it's just a part of life unfortunately but the good news is that everybody kind of feels that way at some point and everybody kind of whether you can do it yourself or, or through someone else, you know, like you see that everybody goes through it and you're not doing it alone and reach out to someone if you need to. And whether it's physical, like mine is, or a mental block or a mental whatever thing, you know, like talk to somebody, it's worth it. There are people out there that love you. And, uh, you know, just thank you so much for being a part of this journey with us. I've been Russell Tindall. There was Ned Pruitt and DJ Cowboy Hat or whatever, Bebop, Cowboy Bebop. DJ um, Cowboy Hat. DJ Cowboy Hat. Um, Michael. AKA was, Michael Hitchcock. Was the producer and he was fabulous. I tell you what, he was fabulous while producing it. He sent me a photo. He really was. Um, and we'll see y'all next week. All right. Thanks y'all.